I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... We've had a partnership with the Cannes Film Festival for the last 15 years, where we always take a selection of our top 12 films to their special uh, short film corner, and we, the filmmakers, get a, an additional screening there. So that's kind of the uh, opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today, we're talking with Mark Rupert. Mark is a local D.C. guy. Yeah, six generations. How about that? That's not too many of those. He is the founder and executive director of the 48-Hour Film Project. It says and means exactly what the title is. They get together people from over 100 nations, and these people agree to make a movie in 48 hours from start to finish, including shooting, editing, scoring, everything, script writing, and the genre, the type of characters, uh, a prop they have to use, a line they have to use. It's amazing. And the stuff they get back, it'll blow your mind. It's creativity at its very best. Mark Rupert and 48-Hour Film Project, coming up. Here's our conversation. Mark, thanks for being with us. Very happy to be here. Any person named Mark is going to be a favorite of mine, and vice versa. Exactly. There you go. We're all set to go. So um, it's a very intriguing title, and I have the feeling, I bet, it sort of describes what it is. 48-hour film project to make a movie in 48 hours. So tell our listeners, am I right? You're absolutely right. We... Give our filmmakers exactly 48 hours to write, shoot, and edit a short film. Maximum length is seven minutes. How we make it interesting is on Friday night, right before the clock starts ticking, the filmmakers have no idea what kind of film they're going to make. We first have them pull a genre out of a hat, and then we assign a character, prop, and line of dialogue, and then it's off to the races. So the genre could be horror, it could be... Science fiction, could be love story. Yes, we have all your typical genres, comedy, romance. Uh, then we throw in, over the years, we've had to add more and more. So we have a buddy, re- movie. Yeah. buddy movie, of course. Revenge yeah. film was Ooh, a new one. Good one. Um, we did food film for a while. So anything related to food. You could have a chef, you could have a food fight. There was a great, great film in Austin several years ago. And the whole scene opens up on four people seated at the dinner table and they are covered in food. They had just had the most awesome food fight. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I want to be in that one. So genre, character. The character is something like, I think you said, a, uh, the name of a person and their uh, occupation or their status. Exactly. So it could be Mark Walsh blogger or Mark Walsh traffic cop, right? You've got it. And then a prop, a physical thing they have to use. Do right. they have to have the prop play a central part or just has to be there somewhere? Well, for all the required elements, uh, it's really up to the team. They can make them make the prop the the everything that the film hinges on, or it could be a minor MacGuffin, minor thing. as they say. Exactly. Yeah. And then a line of dialogue that has to be said, d- 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 it can be said by anybody? It could be said can, by a walk-on? It can be said by anybody. It can even be seen, uh, written on the Ooh, wall or something like that. The trick with the, our line of dialogue, it must be verbatim. It has to be exact. You can add something to the beginning or something to the end. But uh, it must be exact. And that's tripped up a couple of teams over the years because as the clock is ticking and you're stressing and you forget to double check that the actor said it just right. We're having this conversation at a very august time in this process because you recently screened all of the entrants at the AFI 
in Silver Spring, Maryland, just outside of this great city of Washington, D.C., and you'll be giving awards, or it's Filmapalooza, I guess you call it? What, what's the status? Sure. So Filmapalooza is our annual four-day awards festival, and we just concluded uh, Saturday night at the AFI Silver. Um, we brought, well, I should say that the 48-Hour Film Project was founded here in Washington, D.C. back in 2001. And uh, over the years, we've grown to more than 100 cities around the world. And this past weekend, we brought filmmakers from all over to screen all of the city-winning films from 2021. So when you say 100 cities, so if I lived in Geneva, Switzerland, and I found out about this, I would get the 48 hours, I'd get the assignment, I'd make a movie, and then i send it to you and your colleagues as judges? No, it all happens in Geneva. Got you it. go to a kickoff event in your city, you get your required elements, your genre, and then you submit your film on Sunday night in Geneva, and a week later you get a screening on the big screen in your city. So you wow. get to see it in front of your friends and family with a live audience, and that's when the, the rubber hits the road, because is the, does the audience get your film? Are they laughing at the right places? Are they unfortunately laughing at the wrong places? Are they crying at the right places? <laughs> they, it's a, yeah. Wow. It's and the, then how does that mythical person in Geneva I've cooked up climb the pyramid to appear at AFI Silver. We have local judges who are film professionals. We'll review all of the films. In 100 cities? In 100 cities. Wow. And then they pick, and they, they award quite a few of your regular awards, best directing, best writing, et cetera, but the most important is best film of your city. And those are the ones that come to Film of Palooza. So you'll have a hundred, you said a hundred folks or a hundred entrants will be in Film of Palooza. That's right. And, do, does in, in most cases, does somebody show up with the movie or have you had movies show up without the makers because it's too far to, to travel or whatever? Most uh, films are rep represented by the filmmakers. Some, sometimes the team will bring the whole team. We might have 10 or 12 people from Got the it. city and sometimes it'll be a single person. Uh, this past weekend, we had lots of Europeans here uh, from France, Netherlands, Portugal. We had uh, some filmmakers from Ghana, filmmakers from... Japan, and of course, plenty, plenty from the U.S. Hate to make this timely with some tough stuff, but any from Ukraine or Russia? Have you had entrance from there in the past or this time? Yeah, we have not had entrance in Ukraine or Russia to date, um, and I guess we're not going to have any too soon. But we do have a big uh, following in, in Poland. Yeah. And uh, in fact, one of our filmmakers reached out to us two weeks ago with the suggestion to do a special anti-war 48. Right. And so we've had a handful of filmmakers do that in the last couple of weeks and submit, uh, post their films on Facebook. Sadly, I bet that becomes a larger uh, element of your future uh, prediction. What yeah, the heck? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it is sad to think about, but what what's inspires not only me, but the people who attend Filmapalooza is you have all of these people coming from around the world and they've all been through the exact same experience, right. making a film in 48 hours. And it's quite impressive in those four days how the bonds between these strangers can form. Wow. They're all watching each other's films. They're meeting at our networking events. And they leave having met new friends and also realizing that we all share in this world and that we're more similar than we are different. So... What's the age range, A, and B, have you found that by certain age brackets, there are more common topics, i.e. younger folks in their 20s are about the environment and issues like that, 
or love stories. I guess since the genre, I'm answering my own question, Mark. I apologize. <laughs> but since this stuff is random, they can't really. But but what's what, what's sort of the age experience that you've seen? Well, a lot of people think that it's for students, and actually, the our biggest demographic is the 25 to 35 year olds. So yeah. these are people who are out of college. I'm looking for something creative to do. We have about 30% of our participants are in the profession. About 30% are trying to get into the profession. And 40% are just hobbyists, people who love films and want to try something new. 30, 30, 40. 30 are in the, in the business. Yeah. The biz, as they call it. Right. Hollywood, you know. Exactly. 30 want to be. And 40 are like, hey, let's give it a shot. The let's weekend show, warriors. Like Mickey Rooney. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you probably, I, don't, I want to speak for you, but there's some burgeoning Steven Spielberg somewhere in your system over the last 21 years, right? Right. Have you seen moments where you've gone, that person's going somewhere, i.e. we'll be in the business someday? Absolutely. I mean, the quality of our top filmmakers, even in 48 hours, our films have gone on to other festivals and won those festivals when competing against teams that have not had any time limits restrictions. Amazing. We also have a bunch of success stories of a winner in Lisbon went on to win a Portuguese Oscar for wow. their short film. We've had plenty of people who have used the 48 as a springboard to their next project. Yep. Um, we've had uh, a number of actors in the Netherlands who have won Golden Calves, which is their Oscar equivalent. And recently we had some French filmmakers win a César, which is the French Oscar for a short film they made. C'est très bon. Oui, oui. So, Mark Rupert, everybody, we're talking with Mark about his project. He is the creator and executive director of the 48-Hour Film Project. It's What's Working in Washington. So, before we get back into the project, Washington is important to you and your family. Tell us about your family's links to this city, uh, places elsewhere in the city that we would know the name Rupert. Give us the details. Well, I'm a sixth-generation Washingtonian. Sixth generation. Right, on on both sides of the family. Wow. Wow. Um, the first uh, Rupert moved here in about 1850, and he opened a butcher shop down uh, near Florida and 7th Street. And his son opened Rupert Hardware at uh, 1021 7th Street Northwest. Shortly thereafter, my grandfather opened a um, real estate office right next door. And for years and years, you had Rupert Hardware and Rupert Real Estate right across the street uh, from what is now the uh, Washington Convention Center. So well, Rupert could have heard President Lincoln give his acceptance speech in, in uh, 1860, right? Well, there is an old story because on my great-grandmother's side, she was a Burbrick, and they had a shoe store on Pennsylvania Avenue, and they would indeed watch the presidential parade. Holy moly. So there's a deep legacy to the district. I guess it wasn't called the DMV back then, right. but uh, <laughs> but a deep legacy to the to the district. What got you interested in the movie business? Well, it was uh, one of those common stories where I grabbed my parents' Super 8 movie camera and uh, started shooting when I was 10 years old and and did that for a handful of years. And, and like many first-time filmmakers, the first thing was an utter disaster, but... Uh, honed my craft a bit. Then I left it behind in high school and college and even went to law school, uh, not even thinking about the film industry. I, uh, While in law school, what I found really fascinated me was organizational management. So when I got out, I was actually the uh, executive director of the Silver Spring Chamber of Commerce for a number of years. But then I went back to the old passion. 
took a few uh, filmmaking courses at American University, opened my own video production company and was doing uh, promotional videos for businesses. And then I had this idea for, um, for making a movie in 48 hours. Well, Hollywood has a lot of lawyers in it, but I doubt many of them have had, had that, that kind of arc. We're talking with Mark Rupert. Mark is the creator and executive director of the 48-Hour Film Project. And yes, it is exactly that. Fascinating organization. We'll be back with more on this conversation after this. working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. So thanks for listening. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. Many of our guests have come to us from others who say, Hey, if your show's about people who are really getting things done in the region, you should really be talking to dot, dot, dot. And we love bringing those new voices to our audience. We look forward to hearing from you. What's Working in Washington? I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Once again, we're here with Mark Rupert. Mark is the creator and executive director of the 48-Hour Film Project, based right here in Washington, D.C. Well, maybe uh, around the DMV, as they say. A fascinating or- organization, a fascinating effort with fascinating outcomes. We're talking about what's going on right now with the Filmapalooza at the AFI Silver. Mark, once again, thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. So, Filmapalooza at the Silver Spring AFI, you had winners from the various nations. How many showed up? We had uh, 230 people altogether. Wow. And 100 entrants? There were 100 films. We had uh, 11 total screenings over the course of three days. And the films have to be how long or less than how long? Sure. The maximum maximum length is seven minutes. Minimum length is four minutes. Got it. That's a nice window. Yeah. Because it's hard to get bored at seven. And you can definitely get some thematic stuff going on by four minutes. Yeah, in the first year when, when the maximum was 12 minutes, a bad 12-minute film feels like it's a two-hour film. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's – well, it's funny. Back in the day, I used to be a, a, a TV newsman, and we used to do – this is research. is quite, Like 10 seconds of dead air, when you survey people, they all said it was like a minute and a half. So time expands to fill the uh, boredom or, or fright or whatever element of it. Some of your winners are going to go or have gone to Cannes in France, correct? Right. We've had a partnership with the Cannes Film Festival for the last 15 years where we always take a selection of our top 12 films to their special uh, short film corner. 
Wow. Um, and we, the filmmakers get a, an additional screening there. So that's kind of the uh, opportunity of a lifetime because, as your listeners can guess, everybody who's anybody in the industry right. is there all in the same place for that one week. And you're just walking down the street and you're passing Tim Robbins on one side and Sharon Stone on the other side and all these people who are big wigs in the industry. So wow. it's a really eye-opening experience. You mentioned earlier the percentage of people that are in the business versus aspirational versus just, just want to express themselves through this. Are people that are in your experience, are the people that are in the business, I'm doing air quotes now, uh, Mark, are they trying to sort of hone their chops? Are they trying to expand? If they're on the legal side of the business, they're trying to get into creative. If they're in documentaries, but they want to try their, their hand at, at, uh, at uh, uh, fictional stuff, is it all the above or what, what, are, what are some themes? I'm sure we've had all of the above, but really what jumps out are two things. One is you have a lot of industry people who are creating for others, right? If you're in an ad company, you're creating your ad for others, and this is your opportunity to do your own thing. The other thing that people will use the 48 for is to try new things, either new equipment, new techniques, or this I think is brilliant, they'll try new people to work with. Because if I like working with you on the 48-hour film, then I may hire you to work on a bigger, bigger production. And just to remind folks, the entrant hears the genre, the line they have to use, a prop they have to use, and the name of a character, and they, they have no prep. They can choose some locations. That's right. But 48 hours later, they have to deliver an edited, completely finished, four to seven minute film, right? That's exactly right. So before we talked, I'll tell our listeners a little bit of the inside making the sausage here in our show. You showed me one of this year's entrants, French film. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable quality of the whole execution. And I was thinking you mentioned about Super 8, right, back in the day when you were right. an aspiring filmmaker. But I was thinking about the technology today, and I'm holding in my hand, this is the Google 6 Pro, but whatever you, Android, Apple, those devices are now, I would argue, as functional as some of the best movie cameras back in the well, not that, not, not that long ago. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's been one of the, there have been two big changes in the 20 years we've been doing this. One is the technology. Uh, it keeps getting better and better um, so that the quality now of the films made by the average filmmaker um, is so much improved compared to 20 years ago. The other thing is that the general movie understanding of making movies in the general population has improved. Plot line, the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, so that you're seeing kind of the whole, all boats have been lifted by this tide of, of filmmaking literacy. Yeah. Well, also the editing software is just incredible. Yeah. So are they responsible for getting rights for music or stuff like that? Or I mean, do you, how do you handle that? One of the things that we've done from the very uh, beginning, and this goes back to my law career, Um, is that we've required our teams to have all of their releases, all of their permissions to to participate. What people will do with the music in particular is you'll have a handful of people who will use uh, composers who will do it that weekend. Amazing. So you're getting a 48-hour song as well. Oftentimes you'll have people who are using a stock library of songs uh, that they have access to and permission to use. We're talking to Mark Rupert. He is the founder and executive director of the 48-hour film project, I just, I, I must admit, it is, you know, you sort of can't help but try to internalize the conversation when you're in my business of talking to folks like you. 
I don't think I get anything done in 48 hours. I mean, and and have you had um, entrants kind of stumble and not hit the finish line? What what's sort of the yield of people who say I want to do this who bring home a product? We actually have a very high delivery rate. Really? Um, I would say that at, on average, 80% plus will deliver on time. Amazing. Then we'll have another 18% deliver late. And then we'll have 1% or 2% who just can't get it together. What yeah. Something happens that makes it all go go wrong. Is delivering late dis- disqualifying? How do you handle that? Yes. Yeah, so we disqualify you from the judges' awards because it is the 48-hour film project, right. but we still screen you. So you get that, get to see your film on the big screen, and you're still eligible for the audience award. Have any uh, other members of the family Rupert participated in your 21 years? Well, that very first time... Um, it wasn't a competition. It was simply something fun to do. I reached out to uh, three or four different DMV filmmakers and pitched my idea. They agreed to get teams together. And uh, what was the really big thing that moved this up a notch is a friend of ours was the manager of the old Visions movie theater on Florida Avenue. And she said that if we did this, she'd screen it. And so as soon as word got out, then we were immediately up to 10 teams that first year. But again, there was no registration fee. There were no judges. It was just, can you make a film in 48 hours? And if you can, can anybody else stand to watch it? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were pleasantly surprised that it, that it was possible and people liked them. How have you got, I mean, I, I think we spoke off, off air that you're in Ghana and places like that. How do you get word of mouth to places like that to do it? Well, in Ghana in particular, it was a um, Ghanaian who lived and worked in the U.S. and had participated in a U.S. US ah. version of it, and he wanted to take it there. Johnny Appleseeds, um, they're he, spread around. Okay. Exactly. In some cities that we want to be in, then we'll do active recruiting, and but we're always open to people who want to bring it to their town. The way it works is we have a network of city producers who are in each of these cities, and they're the ones implementing the rules and the guidelines for their local filmmakers. Unfair to ask, but you're pretty much in every major continent and, and nation, it sounds like at this point, in Japan. Are some places a little better at this than others, or have you found any thematic or societies that are very strict and rote? Are you seeing any societal impact on the productivity or creativity of your entrance? Well, to answer the first part of your question, you know, are there some countries that are better than others? And indeed, we have gotten traditionally very, very strong films from the Netherlands and from France. Really? Yeah. These two are continually knocking it out of the park. Excellent. Um, and and I've you know been trying to put my finger on it. I, th- I think that uh, that there may be a better movie educational system in those countries. And they still love Jerry Lewis. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the U.S. of course is is right up right up there. But those two, at least in the most recent years, they've been really doing it. it. Um, Tokyo's been uh, producing very good stuff over the years as well. What's great to see in, well, any city, but in some of our less developed countries especially, you'll we'll go in there the first year and the films are very mediocre Man, yeah. to, to, at best. And then after a couple of years, you start seeing the improvements and the quality, and that's wow. quite gratifying. Does Korea participate? Uh, they have in the past. They have not recently. Yeah, because I think, it's just to me, it's amazing some of the uh, really worldwide brands of entertainment that have come out of Korea. Right. 
uh, both film and then uh, Squid Game and stuff with uh, with uh, series. So what's next? I mean, are you going to are you going to make this into? Are you going to try a seventy two? I'm joking. Are you going to keep in this zone? Are there other genres like t- like commercials, TV commercials that you might offer? Going for the commercial side, what, what's the plan? Well, the plan is we're about to kick off our. 2022 tour. Yep. Um, that kicks off the end of April, and the Washington, D.C. 48-hour film project will be the weekend of May 13th, so registration is currently open. We encourage any filmmakers who want to join us this year to come on out or contact us even if you want to join a team if you don't have your own team. And we expect to be back to our pre-COVID numbers of about 115 cities this year. We've done a number of special competitions over the years, uh, with um, with brands who've wanted to get new content created for them, and so we've gone out to our top teams and gotten them to participate. Interesting. Yeah. Mark Rupert, he is the founder and executive director of the 48-Hour Film Project. Mark, we always ask our guests a uh, what-if-I-ruled-the-world moment. If you ruled the world, uh, what's one thing you would change and stop or one thing you would add and make, and make happen? Well, this is going to sound self-serving, but since I've just come off of my weekend at Filmapalooza, I have to go back to that bonding experience mm-hmm. of all bringing together all of these filmmakers from around the world and the way that they connect and the way that the, even if they don't speak the same native tongue, they speak that same language of creativity and just the support that they give each other. I don't know how we do it, but I'd love to keep build, growing that to more and more people. You're the UN of filmmaking, and and adding that that uh, sense of uh, sense of brotherhood and sisterhood because of their creative spark. That's very inspirational. Hey, Mark Rupert, thanks for being with us today on What's Working in Washington. Thank you for having me. That's Mark Rupert, everybody. He is the founder and executive director of the Forty Eight Hour Film Project, right here in Washington D.C. Check it out. Thanks for listening. You know, I often find myself wondering. What's great about Washington, D.C.? And then I'm reminded about our business, our government, our arts, our not-for-profits, our education arenas. All are fantastic and special, not only to our nation, but really to the world. I'm glad I live here. I hope you are, too. And I hope that our show continues to give you some enlightenment, some information, some actionable intelligence, and hopefully some enthusiasm about what works in Washington, D.C. So once again, thanks for listening. Every week on What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. If you know someone we should be talking to in our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. And we love bringing those new voices to our audience. We look forward to hearing from you. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.